0: So glad you could join us for the mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family, and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you, and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, uh, Ali and James, for leading us this morning. Uh, I keep coming back to it, but that... Uh, quote from Jeremiah about, you know, when I try and hold the Word of the Lord in, it's like a fire in my bones. I can't hold it in. So it feels a little bit like that, worshipping without being able to sing in the building this morning. So we pray that. Um, We're able to sing here and and also to welcome the whole church family back together. But um, thank you for leading us in a profound time of worship this morning. Um, I sent out a message for some uh, testimonies this morning and I've got a few back in. And also you can uh, share testimonies on the chat uh, if you want to do that this morning as well. Uh, And even if we don't see them now, we'll see them later. But Steve sent through a testimony uh, this morning, Steve Healy said, the Lord continues to bless us in big ways with the business. Um, and so uh, this isn't part of Steve's message, but uh, Steve had a job in Sydney he was having to commute to and felt that the Lord was leading him to come back to Yass and start a, a car yard uh, and so that he could be back in Yass for his family, but also for, uh, to be part of God's mission here more fully. And, um, and so it's been uh, an ongoing journey with that. Um, so anyway, back to Steve's message. Uh, with the upcoming provision of a proper office supplied by the landlord on his car yard instead of a caravan, uh, with increasing sales and with meaningful contact with people in need. So they're the ways they've been blessed. A proper office, increasing sales uh, and meaningful contact with people in need. Um, and he's had some, uh, a few heart issues, but he's been tested They've run him through the scanners and he remains cancer-free. And God is assuring him that he will be around for a while yet. Um, And he says also that on Tuesday, Leslie and he will have been married for 30 years. So lots of grace upon Leslie um, for that and for Steve as well. So big blessings to uh, Steve and Leslie. Um, Christy also sent through a message, which I'm assuming I'm to read out this morning uh, when I got this message, I was a little bit like, why is Christy telling me this? I already know all of this. But, um, so uh, then I realized I'd sent out the message asking for testimonies. So, Christy says, I sat for an interview for a scholarship for uni last December in order to make a career change. I had not heard anything back for months. I assumed I was unsuccessful and felt at a loss as I was sure this was where God was calling me. In May, I felt a real sense to pray into that area of disappointment as I wasn't sure if this was the direction I should be taking. On the Monday, I asked my life group to pray about it as well. On the Friday of that week, I received an email. I had been successful in gaining the scholarship. Six months after the interview, praising God that he is at work even when we can't see it, I also felt a sense that he wanted me to endure a season of waiting and trusting. He will always make a way when we can't see one. Amen. Um, And from Jill, um, so Jakob had surgery for a kidney stone, um, and he had an, in, a, a, an infection in the urinary tract as well. Um, he's in the high dependency unit, but he's recovering well. Uh, and the testament that that's part of the testimony, but on the way in they had some significant car issues and they were able to arrive on time for the surgery um, without knowing what was going to happen for the vehicle whether they were going to have a vehicle to get back so they're still in hospital at the moment um, but uh, the vehicle was able to be repaired and um, I think the real testimony as Jill shared it over the last couple of days was they ended up doing much more than they said they would do it was an alternator but then the battery needed to be recharged so they recharged that for her and um, so they're uh, yeah, waiting for 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 Jacob to be um, fully uh, recovered before they can come home. But um, yeah, God's really looking after them in that. Uh, and a final one, um, Jess Jess Fields, our high school scripture teacher, and I uh, had a meeting uh, scheduled for Friday at the high school um, to talk about the recommencement of scripture in the school. And um, without saying too much, my last meeting of such kind was was uh, a little bit. Um, difficult and so um, we weren't sure what to expect whether the school would be walking us back in or not or who we'd even be meeting with um, but uh, we met with uh, one of the leaders of the school there and their opening words was, this should be a quick conversation, we're ready to go. Um, and so there's there a bit of fear in our hearts about what that meeting might look like, whether we we're going to be welcomed back in with scripture and, and um, that was fantastic. And so uh, we're encouraged by that and thank you to the high school uh, for, for welcoming us back in. Uh, also, um, Jess has asked for prayer. She's having surgery on her uh, breathing apparatus of her body. Um, I don't know the exact specifics of it, um, nor do we need to know them. Um, But she's having that surgery on Wednesday, so please be praying for her. She's also had a hiccup with her health insurance in the last couple of days, so please be praying for finances around that as well. So I'm going to pray for for Jacob and for uh, Jess, and um, let's lift anyone else up in our hearts that we know is unwell in this season. And so, Heavenly Father, we, we lift up Jacob. We thank you that he has come through surgery well so far and is recovering. Uh, we pray for your hand of grace to be upon him, that he would be made completely well. We thank you that you've taken care of the car issue, that you've taken care of Jill uh, in the meantime. And uh, we, we pray for a uh, renewed strength and, and, and vigor uh, upon Jacob. We pray also for Jessica as she comes to surgery this Friday. We pray that your healing hand would be upon her, that you'd guide the hands of the surgeon, that she would, uh, that this surgery would be of uh, far greater benefit to her health than she could possibly ask or imagine. And we also pray for your hand upon her finances. We pray uh, against... Uh, financial challenge in her life and we pray that you would bless her beyond what she could ask or imagine in the midst of uh, this financial challenge and we ask all this in Jesus name and we pray also for anyone else that we haven't mentioned this morning we want to pray for Deb Lord um, with her health challenges at the moment as well we pray that you would heal her in Jesus name as well and anyone else uh, that we haven't mentioned that's unwell this morning Pray that you would bring them to fullness of health. In in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to come to God's Word now. So I encourage you to have a bit of a stretch. Uh, Stretch your hearts, stretch your ears, uh, and stretch uh, your legs if you need to. And Dan's going to come and read to us this morning from Mark chapter 10. You've got your own.
0: B-Y-A. There we
1: are,
0: Dan. Awesome. Uh, it's so good to, to be back in the church uh, building again and, and uh, gathered with the few here. And um, just before I read, I, I also have a testimony. I've got the mic in my hand. It's been a while. It's been, it's been a good 12 weeks. Uh, but yeah, I just really want to testify that God's also blessed our business abundantly uh, even through uh, this this COVID-19 uh, sort of shutdown and, and epidemic um, but yeah, God's just so so abundantly blessed our business, and uh, it's also been been my prayer um, uh, for the entire year, even before COVID-19, um, that uh, that that God's Spirit would just be felt in our business, um, like in the in our physical space. And uh, just a couple of days ago, I had someone uh, who's a who's a Christian who doesn't uh, come to our church, goes to a different church, um, and uh, but he was he was just coming in to to buy a bag of coffee and. Um, he just really felt to, to tell me that, uh, that, that he could feel God's presence in our, in our building um, uh, at, at Trader & Co. And I just thought that was just such a, a confirmation from God um, of, yeah, of just his blessing and, um, yeah, I guess even him honouring honoring my prayer there. So, um, yeah, just wanted to share that with you. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to be reading from Mark uh, chapter 10, starting at verse 35, and we're going through to verse 45. Whoever wants to become great among you must become your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life for a ransom, as a ransom for many. Amen.
1: Thanks, Daniel. Yeah, other button. Awesome. So good to have some people back here in the building with us. Um, and as uh, we've been saying over the last few weeks, that uh, this is how we're going to be doing church for the, for the next few weeks until the 19th of July. It may continue beyond that. We're not sure yet, but we're, we're working on the plan beyond there. So church clusters. So hopefully you're clustered together today. I know some are um, You're no less uh, valid and worthy if you're on your own. don't want you to feel that. Uh, but also encourage you over the next few weeks... Uh, You can come into the building and um, it's good. It's a blessing to have some people here, but it's also a blessing to be here even though we can't sing. Uh, You're even allowed to bring your breakfast uh, and eat it right in the front row uh, and only the people in the building uh, can see Matt and Brianna eating and so no one else knows about it. Um, So that's all good. Um, Love you guys. Uh, You are always free, whether we're online or in the house, to uh, eat your breakfast. You come as you are. And we know you guys have made a long trip to be here this morning, so thank you. Um, So uh, we've been talking about uh, shaping the new normal. As we head back to hopefully uh, continuing, we need to keep praying into uh, the virus situation in our nation because it's flaring up a bit in Victoria, so we need to keep praying uh, for our nation in that. But hopefully we're heading back towards normal. But while we're doing that, we're asking the question of what should normal look like? Not to rush back to what was, but to think about allowing God to reshape us, to reshape our normal. And so as you ask that question this morning, I'm going to pray again. I encourage you to join with me in prayer as we look at another aspect of what what I believe the Scriptures say normal should look like for, for God's church. So Heavenly Father, we pray that as we journey back towards unrestricted gathering, we pray that that would be the case we pray that that this flare-up of, of virus cases in victoria would be uh the curve would be flattened lord we pray that uh, you would keep our nation and all nations around the world on the right track that this uh pandemic would come to an end we pray that in your timing that restrictions would be completely lifted off the church But as we journey towards that, Father, we pray that we wouldn't rush back to what was, not that it was broken or wrong, but we pray that we would look to you in this opportunity to reshape what normal looks like, to return to the core of who you've called us to be. So we pray this morning, and as we reflect on Scripture, that that we would be as clay in your hands, Father, that you would shape us afresh this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're talking about shaping the new normal, and the metaphor we're using uh, overarching this whole series is that of the potter and the clay, of, of uh, that, that prophetic vision of Isaiah, and, and Jeremiah speaks of it as well, as of the potter being God shaping the clay and reshaping the clay. And so we're exploring that idea of what does it look like ...to allow God to reshape us in this season. And as we think about that this morning, I, I just want to uh, pop one more verse into our mind... ...before we get on to more specifically the topic of this morning. Uh, in 2 Corinthians three eighteen, 18, uh, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, and we all with unveiled faces. And, and so who are those with unveiled faces? Well, earlier in this chapter, he's talked about those who've put their trust in Christ... Uh, that that the veil has been removed, that we can see more clearly who Jesus is. So he says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the, the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so the Apostle Paul says we're being transformed. It's just like that metaphor of the potter and the clay. We are the clay, god is transforming us we are not transforming ourselves we are not shaping ourselves we're partnering with god but it's the work of god to be the potter we are the ones being transformed and this transforming the apostle paul says this reshaping of us is into the image of jesus and so as we think about allowing god to reshape us that's the template that we're being reshaped towards. That's the goal of our reshaping, is that we would be more like Jesus. This work comes from God, Paul says. It's the work of the Spirit. And and so our work is to surrender ourselves to that process, to lay down the shape that we want to take, to to lay down the shape that we think works best, that we think is good, kind of our checklist of of what we want uh, to be, the normal and allow Him to shape us. And so the new normal should be Jesus-shaped. And as we look through the gospel accounts of Jesus' interactions with His disciples, we see that, that Jesus shaped them into His image. He demonstrated His own ministry and then He sent them out to do likewise. But the beautiful thing is... The beautiful thing is that Peter being shaped to be like Jesus was still Peter. John being shaped to be like Jesus was still John. Uh, They didn't lose the uniqueness of their unique identity, but they were still shaped to be more like Jesus. And so when I'm talking about uh, being shaped to be like Jesus, I'm not saying that we'll all end up looking exactly the same. I'm not saying that the church will end up, you know, that there's a perfect model for what church looks like and and if we're all Jesus-shaped, it'll all look the same. We we retain our unique character as individuals. We retain our unique character as, yes, Community Baptist Church, but we want to be reshaped to be more and to express more of the image of Jesus. And so what Daniel read for us this morning uh, in Mark chapter 10 was... uh, a moment of Jesus reshaping his disciples, of him being the potter to their clay. And so in Mark chapter 10, in verse 37, uh, James and John ask Jesus to sit at his left and his right hand in his glory. James and John are ambitious for glory, for status. They're, they're, they're acknowledging Jesus essentially as a king here and so they're saying, can we be next in line? Can we be on your left and your right? And so Jesus responds, you don't know what you're asking because actually Jesus entering into his glory is used euphemistically of him being crucified on a cross in the New Testament. And, and so ironically, in asking to to be at his left and his right in his glory, they're asking Jesus, can we be crucified alongside you? Which I don't think is exactly what they had in mind. And so Jesus, when he says that's been appointed to others, is speaking of the criminals, the low lives that hung on the cross next to him. One of them who entered into paradise through putting his faith in Jesus. But James and John are ambitious for Glory. It just goes to show that sometimes the, the glory or the status that we might be ambitious for is not all that we think it might be. But Jesus, uh, this is actually isn't the first time he's dealt with this issue of ambition amongst his disciples. In Mark chapter 9, just one chapter earlier on, on a journey, uh, Jesus deals with this issue, has dealt with this issue already. It says, Mark chapter 9 verses 33 to uh, 35 we're told that they came to Capernaum after their journey. When he was in the, in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way, they had argued about who was the greatest. I've healed a thousand people. I've healed ten. I wrote someone from the dead. I cleansed a leper. I don't know. That's what they thought was the greatest, but that might have been what they were arguing about. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be very last and the servant of all. And so Jesus has already dealt with this issue one chapter earlier. We don't know exactly how much time between these two events, but <clears throat> it seems that they're, they're reasonably close. And, and so once again, James and John are coming to them, Oh, well, we want to be the greatest. We want to be kind of your left and your right hand man when you come into your glory. And so Jesus says uh, a little bit more this time. He 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 goes a little bit deeper into what greatness looks like. And so uh in verses 43 and 44 Jesus says well to read verse 42 as well. Jesus called them together and said, "You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And the high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. And so what I find interesting about this, though, is that in both cases, Jesus does not condemn their ambition for greatness and glory outright. He only seeks to reshape its application. And so Jesus doesn't say, get rid of all that idea of greatness, get rid of that idea of glory, get rid of that ambition from your life. He doesn't rebuke it outright and say, just get rid of it. He reshapes its focus and its application. He says to them, you need to surrender the desire to be first. That's, that's not what Jesus-shaped ambition looks like. It doesn't look like being first or above or over or lording it over others. That, he says we need to surrender that desire. If we want to be great in a way that's Jesus-shaped, we need to surrender that desire to be the head of the crowd, the pack, the, those lording it over. He says to, to surrender the desire to be served. I like when I go to a cafe and I order my coffee and I can sit down and it's served to me. And that's okay, I'm not saying we could, this is not a message about refuse to ever let anyone serve you because that's just not going to work. Then no one can serve anyone. But I like to be served. And, and so Jesus is saying greatness in the kingdom is not getting up to a point like a ruler in this time where everybody else is serving you we need to surrender that desire a greatness in, in in a jesus-shaped way and the the thing that we should be ambitious for if we're followers of jesus is not social status see he says you need to be a slave that's the lowest rung of the social hierarchy in jesus day and so he calls for his followers not to eradicate their ambition but to, to point that ambition towards being a servant of all, to, to reframe the, the paradigm of what greatness looks like in their mind so that when they enter into every environment, in every situation, in every interaction with a person, with the attitude of how can I be a servant here? To, to steal a phrase and probably butcher it from a late American president, our question shouldn't be what can others do for me how can i be served what can i get out of this the question should be how can i serve someone else here how can i contribute and so the new normal what should have always been normal for the church is that we're being shaped and reshaped and remolded by jesus by by god the father by the spirit into those who were ambitious to serve. And I say that intentionally, that, that we're being remolded by the Spirit to be ambitious to serve. So there's a, there's a big difference between being ambitious to serve and serving out of duty, serving out of, well, I guess someone's got to do it, reluctantly serving. And so I think often we we, we grab this idea that I'm meant to be a servant and so we do it with a grumble and a groan and we feel not great about it. But the kind of, and Jesus is kind of, reshaping what that looks like to to not see service as a last resort or the least of things or, or the thing that we have to do if we can't get served, but to see it as our highest ambition. To be hungry, to be seeking out ways in which we can serve. The new normal for us as followers of Jesus and for the church is servant-shaped. Because Jesus says, even the Son of Man came to serve. And, and this is such a potent Verse, I want to read it again as well, verse 45 of Mark chapter 10. Jesus says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give, a life, give his life as a ransom for many. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Uh, we miss the weight of this if we, if, we, if we don't realize how loaded the term Son of Man is. So Jesus spoke of himself as the Son of God, and and more so others spoke about him as the Son of God, which is true. And, and we think, well, Son of God, that's pretty cool. Son of man, well, that's kind of everyone, isn't it? You know? Everyone biologically is the son of a man, whether they know that man or not. But but in, in scriptural terms, this son of man term is far more loaded, even than son of God. <clears throat> We get that from Daniel chapter seven thirteen to 14. So this is what Jesus is referencing when he refers to himself as the son of man. It's this passage and applying that term son of man to himself why, why Jesus gets into so much trouble when he's standing before the high priest and the high priest asks, are you the Messiah? And he says, I am... And you will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. And the high priest rips his clothes and says, blasphemy. And he says, we don't need any more evidence. He's testified himself. And so to claim to be Son of Man is a claim to not be just the Son of God, but to be God. So in Daniel chapter 7, he records a vision. He says, in my vision, in verse 13, at night I looked and there before me was one like a Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and people of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. And so Jesus is outright here saying, that is me. I am that son of man he is saying that he is the one in whom all authority is invested he is the one in whom all glory dwells he is the one who all sovereignty above all things all power all worship is due he is the one who rules over an everlasting kingdom he is the one who will be coming on the clouds of heaven he is the one who is divine and god himself eternal The disciples sought glory and greatness and, and we all have our ambitions. We all have things that we're ambitious for, like the disciples. But there is none greater than Jesus. There is no one with more greatness and glory and status than Jesus. There is no one to whom service should be given more so than Jesus. Yet Jesus says of himself, even the son of man, I came not to be served, but to serve. The one in whom all glory, all greatness dwells. The one who is beyond any status that we could possibly ever have ambition for, came not to be served, but to serve. So if we think back to two Corinthians three eighteen, which I began with. Who's image are they being transformed into? Who is the Spirit? Who is the Father? Who is Jesus molding this piece of clay to look like? It's Jesus. If we think about Romans eight twenty nine. It says we were predestined to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. I'm predestined to be molded as a piece of clay to look like Jesus, and so are you. Whose body is the church? It's the church of Jesus Christ. And so if Jesus came to serve, then I am here to serve. If Jesus came to serve, then you are here to serve. If Jesus came to serve, then the church is here not to be served, not to seek social status amongst the world, not to try and shape the laws to make us better, but to serve. If even the Son of Man came to serve, then we're here to serve. And so that's, the, I guess, the big idea, the title of this message is Here to Serve. If, if To personalize it, you can add an I am to it. And that's what I want you to take away from this morning, whatever else you grab from this morning, to take away that phrase, to own that phrase, I am here to serve. Wherever that here may be, I am here to serve. And so as we think about a new normal for YCBC, I want to encourage us to embrace that not just of our leadership, not just of our diaconate or eldership or or leadership team or or worship teams, but to embrace that for each and every one of us, that idea that I am here to serve. And so I actually want to commend the church family for their servant hearts. Again, this is not a criticism. This is not a a judgment on the church. I'm not uh, preaching this message this morning because I think, oh, our church sucks at serving, so I need to preach a serving message. That's not it. Uh, We have such a a great body of servant-hearted people in this church. We exist on the foundation of that. Normal for the church, and these are broad, kind of rough figures, not just for our church, but for church, they often talk about the 20% and the 80%. And it's true not just of churches, but so many organizations. And what it means is that the 20% do 80% of the work. And I want to say... Not that I think we were better than that already. But I want to say that's the old normal. That's not what we want to go back to or be conformed to. I want to call us into a new normal when it comes to servanthood. Jesus didn't rebuke ambition, he reshaped it. And so my hope is that we become even more ambitious as a church. God's been stretching me in this season from... Uh, I guess a YAS plus Maran Bateman and then some satellites view to, to just seeing that we're called to the YAS Valley. And I want to share more on that next week. And there's over 16,000, I've talked about 6,000 before, but there's over 16,000 people in the YAS Valley. There's a lot of people to be reached for the name of Jesus. I'll talk a bit more about that next week, but, but God's been enhancing, not reducing my ambition. And so I want to encourage us to become more ambitious. This is already a great church. It's a privilege to be a part of this church. But I believe we have an opportunity as a church to be part of something phenomenally great. To continue to grow, to to expand that vision to the Yas Valley and perhaps beyond. But it doesn't come... From seeking status or hierarchy or to be served, it comes from us embracing that simple sentence I am here to serve. I'd love to see us flip that 80 20 on it, 20 80 on its head to have 80% because there's always going to be new people. 100% is a bit, if we've got 100% of people regularly committed and serving in ministry, then that means no one's particularly new. So I'd love to see us flip that on its head that we've got 80% of the church family engaged regularly in doing 100% of the serving. And and so my vision is... Last week I talked about what's my heart for gathering and my vision is that everyone's a part of a life group, that you're engaged in a regular meeting of a small group for intimacy, for iron sharpening iron and that you're participating regularly in our Sunday worship gathering. Uh, My vision when it comes to serving is, is that everybody who considers YCBC to be their home church would be serving in some area of ministry and mission through the church and in the church. You're welcome, it's not that the minute you walk through the door, we give you a job, you're welcome to come in and be blessed, but, but my heart and vision is that if this is our home church, then we're engaged in serving in some capacity. How can we find ways to serve? Well, maybe it's an area of gifting. Maybe you've got a gift like Ali and James have demonstrated this morning. They can sing. Well, Ali can sing. James can as well. He's not as aware of that gift as I am, but... Um, I think I've got the belief in my singing ability that James should have and the other way around. (laughs) Ali can sing and James can play the guitar and we're blessed by the service this morning. Maybe it's an area of gifting. Maybe it's simply an opportunity. You see an opportunity to serve that's before you and so you step into that. We remember the prophet Samuel saying to the first king of Israel, Saul, do whatever you find for your hands to do. And so maybe it's an opportunity or maybe it's a need. See not many of us when we think of that here I am send me Lord kind of moment in Isaiah think about being sent to clean toilets. But we're reminded in this season not just of cleaning toilets but of the importance of keeping things clean for the body of Christ. And so maybe it's a gifting maybe it's an opportunity maybe it's just a need the church has in this season for you to serve but the main thing is that we'd be ambitious to serve. If that's our heart attitude, if that's our ambition, then we will find ways to serve. But it's not just about in the church. It's, it's not just about serving the church. It's about us as the church showing up in our world as servants. So I don't want to give the idea that we're here, you know, building being metaphorical of the church. We're here to serve. We're here wherever here is to serve. To serve our families, to serve our workplaces, to serve our schools, to serve our communities that we show up as servants. I am here to serve. For some of us, and I'm going to finish with this this morning, I just want to touch on our vision for the whole year of, of learning to abide in Jesus. I want to touch on that in relation to serving, to tiredness and burnout. Uh, because for some of us, we might struggle with the idea of where does a focus on abiding fit with, well, I'm here to serve. For some of us, they feel tired, perhaps just listening to me this morning saying, oh, serving, I'm tired already. For some of us, that triggers ideas of burnout. But I want to suggest that so often tiredness and burnout is more about not doing too much, but which well we are drawing from in life. It's not about doing too much. It's about doing too much of the things that aren't on God's agenda. It's not about doing too much. It's about seeking to draw from our own personal resources instead of going back to the well to be replenished. I'm not saying that's always the case. There's certainly many times where people simply seek to do too much and get burnt out as a result. But what I want to emphasize is that if we're here to serve, then we need to keep abiding in Jesus. We need to keep going back to the well of God's grace to be replenished see when we abide in jesus and i'm pointing over here hopefully because you realize that that says abide i'm not just waving in the distance jesus isn't over here that's he's everywhere when we're abiding in jesus we're restored renewed replenished given focus for what serving looks like ali and james may if you might come and make your way up towards serving us and so the last thing i want for you for any of us is to be worn down and burn out that's why abiding in jesus is so important we are called to serve as jesus served and we can only do that through abiding in him and and i really still believe that this year is that season of learning to abide in Jesus and and so as a church as we journey back to restrictions hopefully hopefully on what we can do as a church we're not going to rush we're going to focus on what I talked about last week on trying to get everyone engaged in a life group on worshipping together on a Sunday as a whole church and some of the other ministries and activities we do as a church, we're just going to take our time in getting back to them so that we can really center on abiding in Jesus. There'll be service that gets involved in that course, but this has been a tiring time for many of us. And so though I want us to embrace that idea, that truth that we are here to serve, the last thing I'm trying to do this morning is to whip us into a frenzy and send us out for burnout. And so this season we're entering into is one of abiding in Jesus as we are refreshed, renewed, given energy, given grace to be servants. I'll finish with this scripture from Isaiah chapter 40. It says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope, or many translations say, those who wait, those who dwell, who sit with, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And so if you're tired this morning, if the idea of serving in some capacity, feels exhausting. If it triggers thoughts of burnout, then I want to encourage you to come back to the place of abiding in the presence of this God, who will renew our strength, so that we can run without being fatigued. So I'm going to pray for us this morning. As we come back towards song, one more time. Heavenly Father, we pray this morning that you would reshape us. We pray that you wouldn't remove our ambition, that you would stir up ambition in us to be servants. We declare this morning that we are here to serve. We want to do it in our own strength, Father. And so we come this morning to abide in the presence of your Spirit. We come to abide in Jesus. We come to abide in the Father's love and presence. so we pray that that scripture from Isaiah chapter 40 would be real for us this morning and as we enter into term three, focusing just on dwelling in your presence together. I pray that you would renew our strength, that we would run without growing weary, that we would be given grace to serve you, to serve your church, to serve the community you've placed us in without burnout and fatigue. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, Ali's going to lead us in a song uh, this morning uh, that is, a, I guess, a modern-day hymn um, from uh, Darlene Czech. Um Neil commented this morning that our chairs will remember this song because they came from uh, Darlene's church. Um, some of you will be familiar with it. Uh, it's not one we've been singing recently, but it really speaks to that metaphor of potter and clay. And, Um, So I just encourage you really just to soak in this this morning, to take this moment to surrender to God and invite Him to reshape you.
0: Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.